from the betting capital of the world. Vegas, baby, Vegas! It's Wager Talk with Teddy Covers and Ralph Michaels. It's a football Friday here at Wager Talk. Teddy Covers and Ralph Michaels joining you for an action-packed hour, your sports central for betters. Welcome to all of you Zumo viewers watching on channel 719. Welcome to all of you uh, Sports Grid TV network viewers. Welcome to those of you listening on the iHeartRadio network and all of our podcast outlets. Let's get right into it, Ralph. We like to start the show every day talking about bad beats, bad bets, bad for the books. What we learned from last night, and what we learned from last night was, well, there's a bit of a class difference between the Chiefs and the Broncos, but Kansas City in the post-Patrick Mahomes era, and Mahomes likely to be out a month, maybe longer, uh, based on his dislocated kneecap. Well, there's a pretty big powering difference between Kansas City with Mahomes and Kansas City with Matt Moore at quarterback. Didn't matter last night. Denver couldn't do anything in that ballgame. They couldn't protect Joe Flacco. Uh, Flacco got crushed. Uh, really, first great game from the Chiefs' pass rush. They're expecting more of that. But moving forward for Kansas City, there's a significant powering adjustment. Just off the top of my head, 10 points? Is that enough? Matt Moore last night, he had the one bomb to tie a wide open Tyreek Hill. His other 19 dropbacks combined. For 68 total yards, that's less than 3.5 yards per attempt. That's not pretty. Chiefs and under last night, no sweat. Chiefs moving forward. What's your take, Ralph Michael? What I took out of the game last night was this. You take an NFL side of the ball with the Chiefs defense. You embarrass them for a few weeks. You make it a public spectacle. Those are still NFL players that know how to play good defense. The number two thing I took out of it is this. The KC defensive numbers are as bad as they are because they're on the field so often. Mahomes scores so quick. They go up tempo. They have so many big plays that, boom, they score a touchdown in four plays. What happens? That tire defense is now on the field again. When you used to think KC and over, I think it's a complete change of scheme here. Now it's the Chiefs and the under because the defense shows they can't stop the ball game. And without Mahomes and Matt Moore being in there, we know it's going to be a more conservative offense. Yeah, and one angle, I'm so mad at myself because I spaced on it. And I don't like doing that. But the rookie coaches, the first-year head coaches for the Thursday night game, doesn't matter if you're an experienced assistant like Fangio. The rookie coaches. First-year coaches have had a miserable time in these Thursday night games, whether at home or on the road. It's a difficult uh, style of prep. And in order to get a game plan in place by Thursday night, experience has come into play a fair bit. Fangio, obviously, as a rookie head coach last night, did not have his team ready. From a point spread perspective, I say a 10-point difference between Mahomes and Matt Moore. Is that short? I feel like it's the biggest single player value in the league, Patrick Mahomes. And Matt Moore is not a good backup. This isn't a Chase Daniels. This is a Luke Falk type of situation. Um, What do you think the power adjustment here should be? 
I might stop at seven and see where it goes from there. Uh, again, I, I think they're they're going to be a different team. There's going to be the lower scoring game. So, you know, they're not going to be the away favorites now in that role. And and I don't think you can make them a home dog at Arrowhead. So uh, I, I'm going to stop at seven. Oh, I expect them to be home dogs at Arrowhead next week when they take on the Green Bay Packers. I would be shocked if Kansas City comes out as a favorite in that ballgame, um, even after Moore's victory last night. That wasn't the only game last night. There was plenty else to talk about. Let's talk some college football right now. And boy, Stanford looked ugly last night. That was a huge line move, a six-point line move. There was some buyback on the Cardinal late. Uh, those who bought back weren't happy by, <laughs> by doing it. Uh, UCLA pretty much dominated, and everyone that bet the Bruins plus the points got paid. That was not a good result for the house. And Stanford, with three true frosts on the offensive line and a third-string quarterback, they couldn't move the football, even against that dicey UCLA defense. This is just value. I mean, from here on out, you, people are going to look at UCLA. They're going to look at that box score, going to look at the domination. They're not going to know that Stanford only had six healthy offensive linemen on the whole roster, let alone four freshmen out of those six. Uh, a new quarterback, a third string quarterback. Again, there's such a big difference. It, oftentimes, there's more of a drop off from a two to a three, then there is a one for a two, a two, even with a good number one, because that three isn't getting reps at all. He's playing in the uh, he's playing as the scout quarterback, learning the other team's offenses. So uh, a two to three is as big a drop off as you get. A note that I put out UCLA at seven sacks last night in their previous nine Pac-12 games. They had seven sacks. This isn't a good UCLA defense. This was a horrific Stanford offense. Well, and they certainly were. Stanford held under 200 yards, 11 first downs in the ball game. Sunbelt equals fun belt, baby. Weeknight Sunbelt action. And it's been the same story again and again with these Sunbelt games. Favorite and under. Favorite and under. Favorite and under. You got a trend that certainly points in that direction towards the under in these weeknight Sunbelt games. You talked about it yesterday, Teddy, how many there are. So I looked it up going back and, and looking at non-Saturday Sunbelt games. They've gone 10, 20, and 3. So 10 overs, 20 unders, 3 pushes the last 33 games. That's 66.7% to the under. And again, it happens so often that we watch the Sunbelt defenses get gashed against non-conference foes, but when they're playing conference opponents, they can slow them down. They're familiar with them. They've schemed against them in the past. One more game to talk about here at the top of the show, and that, of course, comes in Major League Baseball, where the Yankees gave up not one, but two three-run bombs. The second one sure looked like it ended their season. Uh, Yankees now facing a 3-1 to deficit, and that was a sharp square divide game. The wise guys took the dog last night. They cashed in with Houston at the plus price. To me, uh, you know, it, it looks like the Yankees are done. We'll, we'll talk up. We'll talk about you know the the game tonight later on. But uh, Houston just has the look of a winner right now, same as the Nationals did against the Cardinals. Sure, and of course that game got over the total last night. All of that over money cashes in. That total got bet up from eight to nine. Line movers coming up next right here on Week.
NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Wager Talk. Teddy Covers and Ralph Michaels breaking down the world of sports for you on a football Friday. And that means we're going to go to line movers right now. Where's the money going? Why is it going in that direction? And this one, the first one we're going to talk about, uh, we'll start in college, move to the NFL. But we'll start in college football. And this one, to me, Ralph, looks like nothing more than a spot play. Oklahoma State taking a bunch of money against Baylor. Baylor coming off a double OT win. 6-0 team going on the road. Oklahoma State coming off a bye. One team rested and ready. The other team gassed. Is that what all the money is for this one? Because it's been nothing but Cowboys money 
all week. Now up to minus four in many locations. I already played the Cowboys, so I completely agree with the move. And uh, the main reason for for me, Teddy, just speaking personally, isn't really the spot. It's an overrated team. Baylor's played the number 96 schedule, and they're plus 135 yards per game. Oak State's played a 36 schedule, 60 slots tougher. And they're only 20 yards per game less. Spencer, their young quarterback, had five turnovers last game. He's vowed that's not going to happen again. Uh, you have the number, you have the nation's leading rusher in uh, Cubba Hubbard. I, I, I like Oklahoma State. I think the line's a few points off. Yeah, and again, we've seen nothing but uh, Cowboys money. I wouldn't be surprised if we see more Cowboys money between now and kickoff. If you like Oklahoma State, they do appear to be a popular wise guy choice this week in those games are the ones you want to bet sooner rather than later. The Utah Utes getting a little bit of love today in the betting markets. They're up to minus 14 against Arizona State, despite the fact Sun Devils coming off a bye, and the Sun Devils have been feisty road underdogs. They've yet to lose a single game in the Herm Edwards era by the 13 and a half, 14 points that Utah is being asked to lay in this one. Utah, Arizona State, what do you make of this line move? Yeah, in fact, you know, the 11-point loss is the largest point loss in in his tenure, and that was in a bowl game, you know, after the Arizona win against Fresno last year. Uh, I disagree with this line move. The interesting thing is we did a video at Wager Talk, and I, and I did a video on this game. Jaden Daniels is a true freshman who has been up, tied, or down by three at halftime in each of the games. If he gets down early, I think he's going to struggle. So right now for the full game, I disagree with the line move. I lead in Arizona State. But this is a game that I think if Utah gets the lead and they force Jaden Daniels to throw, then he'll be in trouble. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. Conceptually, Arizona State, not the type of team that is built to come from big deficits. Although for Utah, they've just faced two of the weaker defensive teams in the Pac-12. They'll be taking a step up in defensive class this week against that Sun Devils defense. So, yeah, we were talking earlier in the week about all the money's come on Kansas. Now we're seeing a little bit of buyback on Texas. The Jayhawks back up to plus 21 and a half letdown spot for the Longhorns. And yet they're still taking money against a rested and ready team coming off their bye week. Again, a letdown spot, you know, you said letdown, but a letdown is different when you lost the game to a rival. You know, I think Oklahoma more in the letdown role beating your rival. Uh, but again, I understand the situation coming off the Red River rivalry. Not a good, not a good favorite, uh, unlike the opposite of, of being a good dog. And Kansas improved. You know, I have no opinion. My game has been right at this number, you know, the entire time. So uh, no, nothing really to add to that game. Yeah, I was tempted by Kansas, and I, I've, I've kind of talked myself out of a play uh, on the Jayhawks. I'm not looking to bet on the worst teams in college football. And while Kansas may not be the worst team in college football anymore, let's see him show it one more time. Yeah, the one good game against BC is just not enough for me to get to the betting window with them. This is a true sharp square divide game in college football. You don't see that many of them, but we've got one. And it's a weird one to talk about in the American Conference. Houston. More than three touchdown favorites at UConn. The wise guys are betting the dog. The public's all over the favorite. Public doesn't want UConn. They're pretty awful. But Houston, since King decided to redshirt, they went with four different quarterbacks last week 
And that was an offense that looked out of sync from start to finish. Not a team that's necessarily an easy three-touchdown favorite on the road. What's your take on the line move here with wise guy support for a lousy UConn team? Lousy's not strong enough for a miserable UConn team, and yet the wise guys want them this week. You know, Houston's such an interesting team. What happens? I mean, we we saw that line get steamed up against North Texas. It moved, what, six points with De'Ara King and the wide receiver saying they're going to redshirt. So then they beat North Texas. But that North Texas game was misleading as they got outgained by 97 yards. I think the offense is going to struggle. Cincinnati, though, is an elite Power 5 team. I mean, I think UCF, I think Boise, and I think Cincinnati are the three teams that you have to set aside differently from the group of five so to me I think it I would have no part of Connecticut with their with their thought process but I'm also not going to back this Houston team with their quarterback situation laying three TDs on the road in a much cooler northeast than they're accustomed to so give those three teams again you're talking about three teams that are non-power five squads that are clearly ahead of everyone else you said Cincy Boise, UCF and, and Boise. UC- yeah, since the UCF and Boise, I don't disagree with any of those three. Uh, and I would expect one of those three teams to be uh, the representative of the non-Power 5 conference in the big bowls uh, this January. Uh, let's talk about Maryland, Indiana, Big Ten battle. And the markets are saying it's not going to be that close. We've seen fairly heavy Hoosiers money, the Terrapins. Well, they've got QB issues this week. The number one guy is hurt, Jackson. The number two guy, not very good. Yeah, Pigram played a little bit last year and wasn't very good. Uh, Again, this is where you find value in college football. Let me just go back. You know, against the top-tier Penn State team, they lose 59-0. Well, Rutgers is miserable. What happens? They beat Rutgers 48-7. Then people believe in them, and all of a sudden, they're the favorite going at Purdue. What happens? Purdue crushes them 40-14. to So now we have this bounce back again. I, I don't think Indiana should be this big of a favorite. So to me, I'm not buying into that line move. Yeah, but again, you talk about that. And I agree with your assessment that sometimes when you make the adjustment from the second stringer to the third stringer, there's as big or greater an adjustment there is for the first stringer to the second stringer. That may not be the case for Maryland. This Pigrome is not the QB that Jackson is, and the markets are reflecting that. And Maryland is an offense that needs a QB to stretch the field. I'm not sure they're going to have it in this game. Indiana, in my mind, noticeably better uh, of these two teams. Let's shift to the NFL and talk about, and this move has really surprised me. I don't get surprised a lot in the NFL, but I didn't think we'd see this much Jaguars money. Four and a half's popping up on Jacksonville as road favorites. Nobody wants the 0-6 Bengals uh, this week. And since he got the cover at Baltimore last week, but that was an ugly game to watch and an ugly box score to dissect dissect after the game, I think that's at least part of the reason why it's been such heavy Jaguars money. But can we lay four and a half on the road with a team like the Jags? Mediocre teams is road chalk of more than a field goal. Be a little bit dicey, Ralph. No? Teddy, I have no interest in this game whatsoever. I can understand the line move because Cincinnati has been such a stagnant offense. Again, let's mention they're without Ross and they're without Brown. A.J. Green, excuse me. So you're taking your, your only two th- deep threats out of the lineup. 
Uh, but if you said, hey, you have to bet someone, either lay the points with Jacksonville or back Cincy, I probably would have to say I'm going to back Jacksonville. But that is by no means any support for the Jags in this situation. There are weather conditions around the country this week. We'll talk about some of them when we do big game breakdowns. There's a modest weather condition in D.C. It's supposed to be light rain on Sunday as the Niners take on the Redskins. But that total is crashing, and it's not weather-related, apparently, because there's no wind. And again, just a light dusting of rain in D.C. Total down to 40.5 between the Niners and the Redskins. Lots of respect for that 49ers defense and maybe a Washington offense that nobody's excited about watching this Sunday as they try to run the football like they did last week with AP. Teddy, I'm pretty sure because of the angle I gave out. When you have a double-digit home, when you have a double-digit home dog in the NFL since 2012, they've gone four and 27, 87% to the under. That's a strong trend worth noting. Lots of under money in Redskins 49. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferreira, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is 
finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you're doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. All right. Big game breakdown time here on Wager Talk. And it's a Friday and there is a ton to get to. We have college football loaded slate. NFL Sunday loaded slate, but we got to start with game five in playoff baseball. And I'm going to start right here, Ralph. I'm having a terrible postseason. I can't get anything right. Nobody wants my advice on what's going to happen in this game. And if they want it, they only want it to fade me. Because when it comes to the ALCS, the next winner I have will be the first winner I have. And it hasn't been pretty. Astros, minus 140, total of seven and a half, money coming in on the over in the Bronx. Verlander and Paxton, do we stick a fork in the Yankees? Are they done? Or do the Yanks have enough to beat Verlander and send this series back to Houston? Heck, if you think the Yankees can win three games in a row against the Astros, you can get them plus 1,300 right now. The uh, lay on the Astros to win the series in the range of minus 3,000. You got to lay 30 to win a dollar on Houston. It's over. Uh, you know, I, I look and you're getting Verlander at minus a buck 40. I think there's value. And then, I mean, can any pitcher be in a more difficult situation than Paxton? This is the first time you've been in the playoffs. They're trotting you out there and you're in an elimination game in front of your home fans going against Verlander. Uh, I think too tough of a spot. I like the Astros. Yeah, I can only take the Astros as well. Uh, and again, I've been god-awful here in the MLB postseason. So the fact that I like Houston should not give you any confidence if you like the Astros as well. For what it's worth, got to be honest. You know, when I'm running good, we talk about it. When I'm running bad, we talk about it. And my ba- my playoff baseball has been pretty stinky. All right, let's talk some college football. Uh, big games. Oregon, Washington. This is a huge one in the Pac-12. Probably going to determine... Who's going to win the Pac-12 North this season? Oregon, you know, it was three, it was two and a half, it was three, it was two and a half. Every time it goes to one, it seems to go back to the other. The line bouncing between three and two and a half. Ducks as road favorites in Seattle, total in the 49 and a half range. 
Well, stats stats agree with Oregon being the favor, no question. These teams have basically played identical schedules. Number 33 for Oregon, number 35 for Washington. Yet Oregon is plus 193 yard per game. That's number 12 in the country. Washington's plus 60. That's number 44. And then yards per play, the yards per play diff. The offense minus the defense. Oregon, number 10 in the country at plus 2.6. Washington, number 34 at plus 1.0. And the best unit on the field, it's so bizarre to say this, but hey, it's the Oregon defense allowing 270 yards per game, under 16 first downs, 3.1 yards per carry. Justin Herbert doesn't need to do that much. All he needs to do is score more than his defense allows. And, hey, since the Auburn game, his defense hasn't allowed over seven points in any game. Yeah, Washington's defense has had a lot of success against Oregon in recent years. That total, 49 and a half has been bet down. 48 and a half, even 48, starting to pop up. And for all the success that Oregon's defense has had this season, they faced Auburn. You know, that's maybe the best offense they faced. Nevada on a bad day, Montana, Stanford, Cal, and Colorado on a bad day. They have not stepped up in class, in offensive class, at any point this season. That's my biggest concern about the Oregon Ducks defensively. Florida, South Carolina, there's been quarterback questions all week for the Gamecocks. And there's been uh, questions about Florida, whether they can get up for a third straight huge game after facing Auburn, battling them down to the wire and winning. Facing LSU last week, battling them down to the wire and losing Gators and the Gamecocks. What's your take on this one? And what's the latest on the South Carolina quarterback situation? Teddy, I'm on this game for my customers and it's the under. Uh, I, you know, I think that I think this line is too high as far as the total is concerned because we saw Florida move the ball and put up 28 points. Well, that's because you were in a shootout against a team that's running tempo. Prior to that, you know, you ran 60 plays against Townsend and you ran 60-some plays against Tennessee in games that you controlled. Florida's going to go back to their style of running the ball first, passing second. And for South Carolina, Helinski's going to go. He's not 100%. And when you find those situations where you have a quarterback who is going to go, but he's not 100%. Halinski doesn't run much, but at least he has some mobility in the pocket. We'll see how much that happens. I'm looking for a lower scoring game. If I had to pick a side, I would also lean Florida. Uh, again, yes, they played Auburn and LSU, and now they're playing South Carolina, and they have George on deck. But when you have a defense, it's easier to bounce back off these games. Uh, when your offense is better than the opposition's offense, and the defense is much better than the opposition defense. Sure. And of course, both teams playing with backup quarterbacks. Florida lost Felipe Franks uh, earlier in the season. South Carolina lost Jake Bentley early in the season. So uh, we're talking about a South Carolina backup who's banged up. Uh, and that obviously a concern. The big game on Saturday night. Everyone's talking about it. Penn State and Michigan. Nittany Lions minus nine. Total of 47. And look, We've certainly seen Michigan have their fair share of struggles this season. From a point spread perspective, they've not been a good team. And yet they've only lost one game all year. And Penn State's offense didn't work against Pitt, didn't work against Iowa. That's the only two good defenses they faced. Michigan's coming to town. Michigan beat this team by, what, six touchdowns last year? Now they're catching nine. What's your take on the Wolverines and the Nittany Lions? 
the home team has, in fact, won the last three games by, I believe, 30-some points per game. So it's been a home-dominated series. This, of course, the whiteout. It is the one time in college football where I go over a five-and-a-half-point home edge. Uh, the whiteout at Penn State and a night game at LSU are the only two times. I actually have a six-point home edge in this game. I rate Penn State as the better offense. I rate Penn State as the better defense. I rate uh, the Penn State special team significantly better. Michigan 1-19 straight up on the road against ranked teams their last 20. Michigan 17 fumbles so far this year. That's the reason they're not putting up any offensive numbers. They can't get any drives fumbling the ball an average of a couple times every game. Going into the whiteout situation, I, I like the Penn State side here. It's not going to be one of my top plays, and I'm not getting to the window, but it was certainly that second tier of plays that I looked at and were in the mix to get there. Yes, I mean, I, I look at that Penn State offense. I watched them against Pitt. They did not move the football in that game. I watched them against Iowa. They did not move the football in that game. Michigan's defense every bit as good uh, as that of Pitt or Iowa, if not better. So I worry about the Nittany Lions moving the football in this. I, too, you know, you like that under in South Carolina. I wouldn't argue with an under in Happy Valley on Saturday night. Uh, let's talk about some games for tonight. Uh, it was certainly, we have a, a handful of TV games, uh, Friday night football. We'll start with Florida Atlantic against Marshall. The Owls minus five and a half, 59 and a half against a thundering herd team that looked good early in the season has not looked nearly as good since. Yeah, that dominating win last week against Old Dominion, at least on the on the in the box score, they outgained it by 238 yards. Uh, again, that was an Old Dominion team coming off a pair of losses to Cincinnati and Middle Tennessee. I like FIU in this game. Uh, I think Chris Robinson with his 13-2 ratios playing well. You're off four straight wins. You look at FAU's two losses. They they scored more against Ohio State than anyone has, putting up 21 points in the opener. And then at UCF, you know, they lose, but they put up 14 points. Uh, I think FAU is a legit team to to, that that can't handle the favorites role. And we talked about it last week. Lane Kiffin with a lead, he leaves his foot on the gas pedal. He's not one of those quarter, he's not one of those coaches that tells his quarterback to slow down the tempo when they have the lead. That's what you want when you're laying over a field goal as a favorite. And it's worth noting that in the last hour, we've seen a pretty heavy Marshall money come in that Florida Atlantic, that five and a half, those are gone down to four and a half, even fours at many locations tv game tonight pit on the road minus three and a half total of 52 at syracuse an orange team that has disappointed offensively this year it's very clear tommy devito's no eric dungy pitt's defense is pretty good can kenny pickett and company lead the panthers to a win by margin in the carrier dome Pitt's played the number 19 schedule plus 95 yards per game. Syracuse has played the 56 schedule, 37 spots lower, and they're minus 47 yards per game, 150 yards per game difference. The D-lines, you look at what Pitt can do to get pressure. You look at the Syracuse O-line, only one way for me to go. That's Pitt tonight. I'm with you. Road favorite or pass for me in that one. Ohio State taking on Northwestern. We know about Pat Fitzgerald as an underdog. He is, if not the best underdog coach in college football, one of them. Tom Herman certainly stands out as well. Northwestern's been money in this role. The market's not convincing going to be money in this role tonight because they're taking on, oh, I don't know, the best team in the country in Ohio State. They certainly played like the best team in the country. Buckeyes, minus 27. 
total of 50 on the road in Evanston. Northwestern, again, a better away dog than they are home dog. Scored 10 against Michigan State, 15 against Wisconsin, 10 against Nebraska. They're not going to get to 10 to Ohio State. So can Ohio State get to 38? Yes, I believe so. Then if Ohio State's giving 38 and you think Northwestern might get 10, the total's 50. If anyone tops those numbers, the game's going over as well. Yeah, I'm not convinced Northwestern gets to seven uh, in this ballgame. Ohio State has looked very much like a mission team. And when you look at that Wildcats offense, how it matches up against this D, I see nothing but offensive struggles for Pat Fitzgerald's squad this evening. When we come back, we're going to shift focus. It's NFL big game breakdown. Stay tuned here on Wager Talk on the Sports Grid TV Network. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Sports Grid on YouTube and on Instagram at Sports Grid TV, and it's worth a follow. I talk about the Sports Grid app. I talk about following Sports Grid on Twitter. You want to follow on YouTube, <laughs> so you can get videos like this one. You want to follow on Instagram, so you can get videos like this one. Again, Sports Grid TV. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Teddy underscore Covers. You can follow Ralph on Twitter at CalSportsLV. You can follow Sports Grid on Twitter. At SportsGrid, but for today, follow on YouTube, follow on Instagram, give us some likes. We appreciate it. NFL time, big game breakdown. And let's start Sunday night, where we're seeing some line movement today. Right now, as we speak, the sharp money is coming in on Philadelphia against Dallas. Cowboys down to two and a half point favorites, or even some twos popping up. Total in the 48 and a half and 49 range. And Ralph, this is coming despite just pulled up the Eagles injury report for today. And we have downgraded out linebacker Nigel Bradham. Downgraded out wide receiver Deshaun Jackson. Downgraded out cornerback Avante Maddox. Downgraded out Jason Peters offensive tackle. Downgraded out running back Jaron Sproles. Those are some impact players for Philly. This isn't the injury report they were hoping for. And yet the money's still coming. On Philadelphia, markets kind of crashing on Dallas right now. Uh, I think there's value on the, the Cowboys. Uh, you looked at, you talked about, we knew this was going to be an injury riddled game on both sides, but the report just out of Dallas now is that all the injured Cowboys are supposed to practice except Anthony Brown. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to play just because they're participating. They may be limited in practice, but at least those guys aren't out at this point, which to me gives the Cowboys an edge. I, I think, uh, you know, I'm going to wait. And if this gets down to one where basically I'm just in a pick em situation, uh, the Cowboys might pique my interest. Your take on this game, Teddy. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, and it's still very questionable for Amari Cooper. It's still very questionable for Randall Cobb. still very questionable for Lyle Collins. It's still very questionable uh, for Tyron Smith. And those are as important of players that you're going to find on the Cowboys' offense. One thing, when you talk about how Philadelphia matches up with Dallas, the strength of the Eagles' defense is against the run. This is not a game where we expect Zeke Elliott to run wild. That being said, (laughs) you know, if... Philly can stop Dallas at the line of scrimmage and stop Zeke. And the Cowboys don't have a healthy receiving core. Dak Prescott's not winning this game for uh, the Cowboys. So that's the fundamental handicap for me is that Cowboys off the line isn't healthy and their receiving core isn't healthy. I expect them to have a lot of problems moving the football in this game against a defense that has done an excellent job at stopping the run. And oh, by the way, Philly in double revenge, they got swept by Dallas last year. Let's talk about the Green Bay Packers and the Oakland Raiders. The Packers, a five 
and a half point favorite, a total of 47. My question to you on this game is, we all know Green Bay is on a short week off a division Monday night game. We all know that Oakland's off an upset win in London against the Bears and have a bye. Does the Mahomes injury give the Raiders some hope? Or does it help them at all moving forward into this week? Or is it just, hey, that's another team, none of our business. Let's concentrate on the Packers. I don't think it hurts Oakland, you know. And when you when you look at the Raiders and the Chargers uh, in particular, I mean, uh, the fact that Denver lost to Casey at home last night, I think Denver's getting there. But you talk about Oakland and uh, L.A. as two teams that all of a sudden have a ray of sunlight in an otherwise dark world of the AFC West where they know they're going to be up against it. Yeah, I think they need an extra spark in both of those teams' step uh, this week uh, simply because of that situation. But if you like Oakland, that's not the primary reason to like Oakland. The primary reason to like Oakland this week is because this spot stinks to high heaven for Green Bay. You talked about the short week. You talked about the Monday night game that came down literally to the last play. Intense physical contest, short week, division win. Okay, before that. They had the tough, intense game at Dallas and a tough, intense game uh, against Philly. Up next, they travel to KC. This is a clear flat spot game for Green Bay. And it's a Packers team that lacks skill position weapons in a big way, even if a banged up Devontae Adams plays this week. And that's no sure thing. You know, uh, Valdez Scantling going to play this week? That's no sure thing either. When it comes to weapons, this is not a team that's loaded with weapons by any stretch of the imagination. And that Raiders team, again, coming off back-to-back upset wins and a bye. Oakland out physical. Indy at the line of scrimmage. They out physical Chicago at the line of scrimmage. They're able to do that here. They're liable to win this game in straight-up fashion. I could only look at the Raiders. I want no part of the Packers as chalk in this one. Teddy, we have the number one pick in the 2019 draft. Traveling to New York, New or New Jersey, to face the number six pick in the NFL draft. The New York Giants are 30. We talked about it yesterday. This total getting steamed up to 50 and a half. Your take on the Cardinals visiting the Giants. Well, I still don't want the under, (laughs) you know, uh, not with these two defenses. Bad defense on the one side, bad defense on the other side, period. So it's a matter of. Do you expect red zone stops? Is this a field goal, not touchdown game? Maybe. That's how Arizona's had something of a problem with that. You know, the red zone offense has been hit or miss uh, for Arizona, and that may be the case this week. But I would expect the Cardinals to be able to move the football against the Giants defense, and I expect the Giants to be able to move the football uh, against the Cardinals defense. And again, we're talking about teams getting healthier, getting more banged up. The Yankees will have Saquon Barkley, the number one pick from last year, back in the lineup. Uh, this week. The receiving core is getting uh, healthier. You know, they've had extra time uh, being that they played the Thursday night game uh, against New England. So a 10-day break uh, instead of the normal seven-day break. These are all factors that uh, are are positive for the Giants. And I don't know that I want Arizona uh, off back-to-back wins uh, as they travel east for an early start game. It does look like a Giants spot, especially with their skill position talent getting healthier. But the Giants' defense is not a defense I'm excited about laying points with against anybody, especially against a mobile QB who's kind of found a rhythm over the last couple of weeks. So understand the over money makes a ton of sense. I missed the best of the number. That means I'm not likely to get involved. 
Deshaun Watson has showed us what happens when he's not getting sacked four plus times a game like he did for how many games in a row? The O-line has kept them clean the last two games. What's happened? 54 points against Atlanta and Kansas City with the Jags at two and four, with the Titans two and four. This Texans Colts meeting has much more meaning as each team comes in with only two losses this season. The Colts a one-point favorite, 47 and a half. Yeah, so... It's not a game I'm betting on. Let me start with that because I think there's a legitimate case you can make for both teams. I'll start with the Houston side. I put a I put a, a Texans future in my pocket to win the AFC uh, this past week, and especially now that it looks even better now that Mahomes is hurt. Although Mahomes may well be back uh, when all said and done, but uh, I thought the nine to one, ten to one range for the Texans is not appropriate, given that their defense is really good and their offense is really good, and they solve the offensive line problems. And as much as we don't like Bill O'Brien. That's a really talented team and a really talented roster and a quarterback who's clicking on all cylinders in a passing game that is as scary as any in the NFL right now. The pass rush is there. The play in the secondary is there. I'm very bullish on Houston. That team has Super Bowl upside. I don't think Indy has Super Bowl upside. That being said, the Colts coming in with extra time to repair. They're coming off a bad loss. They're strong in the trenches. They're a physical team. Indy's capable of beating Houston. They're capable of beating anyone on any given Sunday at home with extra time. You know, uh, there's not uh, any class difference between the Texans and the Colts. Uh, So I do expect a close game. I can understand why Indy's the favorite here, even though I do think Houston's a better team. Uh, And uh, but I think Houston's a better team. So I'm not going to I'm not going to take him as I'm not going to bet against him as dogs. Fascinating game to consider. Fun one to watch. I'll be watching this one closely. But from a wagering standpoint, I'm not really close. Um you know, uh, not, not, even at minus, like if Indy was minus three, I wouldn't be dying to take Houston plus three. And if Houston was minus three, I wouldn't be dying to take Indy plus three. And that tells me this is not a game that I'm going to get involved with before kickoff. Uh, that's not true. If, if if Indy was plus three, I'd have to look at them in here. But they're not. And they're not going to be plus three. Uh, that would require a significant line move. And that's not happening between now and Sunday. Clear pass for me. Tough game. Fascinating game. And a game with huge implications. The loser of this game might have some value moving forward. These might both be bet on teams Move ahead, uh, looking ahead. We know Kyle Shanahan wants nothing better than the move 6-0 and against his Redskins, his former Redskins team. Well, the San Francisco Giants team 5-0, and and after five weeks, they're allowing 237 yards per game. They're allowing 13 first downs per game against the new interim head coach Callahan's offense, which finally rushed the ball for over 21 times last week, rushing for 33 times for 144, 145 yards against Miami. San Fran now nine and a half, 41's the total. Yeah, and I mean, the Redskins have a pretty ugly looking injury report too. Um, but you nailed it when it comes to Shan- with uh, Callahan and what he wants to do. Washington's offensive goal for the rest of the season is to hand the ball off as much as humanly possible. All right. They're going to wear down Adrian Peterson until Peterson doesn't have anything left. Peterson has his season high in carries, his season high in yards last week. Uh, of course, he did fumble uh, by the goal line. Uh, but that's what the Redskins are likely to do. It's going to be handoff left, handoff right. And against this 49ers defense, that means punt. <laughs> uh, from a spot standpoint, okay, the coach wants a little revenge. All the coach wants to do is win the game. It's not about winning at 38 to nothing. Uh, it's about winning the game. It's a 49ers team coming off a huge divisional win. 
traveling east for an early start game. There's going to be weather in D.C. It's supposed to be you know, rainy uh, tomorrow. Um, and you talked about that trend of unders. You know, that's you know, tw- anything uh, 27 and four to the under. And it makes sense with the double digit chalk where all they want to do is shorten the game and all the dog wants to do is shorten the game. You can understand why there's been a ton of under money in this one. The best of the number is probably gone, but side sidewise, I, I, there's no way I get involved. I, I mean, I, I'm not laying within this spot with San Fran and your bottom three or four teams in the NFL. I still want no part of tell me all the value. Oh, there's value with the Redskins. Great. Knock yourself out. Bet them. You know, and we'll talk about value in the next game. Knock yourself out. You can bet those lousy teams with the value. I don't want value. I want winners. And <laughs> the Redskins are not a winner. Uh, but total wise, you could so I fully understand why this game's been bet under and it's been nothing but under money still here on Friday so far in betting action here in Vegas. Teddy, in a minute and a half, the Bills are 17 to Miami. Seattle's three to Baltimore. Chicago, three and a half to New Orleans. Your take or your best take on any of those three games to finish off the weekend? Quick hitters, man. Let's do I mean, the last time the Bills were minus 17, Jim Kelly was there. Not Chip Kelly, Jim Kelly was their quarterback, and they were still going to Super Bowls. 1992. I do not trust Buffalo in that point spread range. And I will not put my money on the very worst teams in the NFL. Miami could lose this game 100 to nothing, and you can't be surprised. Seattle against Baltimore, I'm not, I'm not a believer in that Ravens defense. And at minus three, I'm interested in the Seahawks side. Seattle, with an MVP candidate behind center, has been significantly undervalued in the betting markets. Not just this year, in years past. Their statistical profile isn't great. I'm not sold on Baltimore's defense. Chicago and New Orleans, you know how this is going to play out. Bears going to win by three. If you took three and a half with Bridgewater, you'll cash another winning bet. Teddy Bridgewater continues to be the point spread success story in all of the NFL with his wins and covers. That being said, if Kamara doesn't play, I don't want any part of the Saints. I do not think Bridgewater is capable of leading the team to a victory in Chicago against a Bears defense coming off a bye and in a nasty mood following what was an ugly loss in London before the bye to the Raiders. When we come back here on Wager Talk, down in the home stretch, pros versus Joes. Who's betting what? Stay tuned. Don't miss this. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, 
as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stretch. Oh, wager talk. Teddy covers it. Mal- Ralph Michaels breaking it down for you on a Friday. And Fridays during football season, we like to do NFL pros versus Joes. And let me make this very clear. It's just my opinion. Okay. I look at a handful of websites, see some of the consensus numbers. I will look at the difference between some of the sharp books and some of the square books. I watch the market moves. Just my take on pros versus Joes. That being said, there's a lot of games getting action this week. What do you got, Ralph? Teddy, moving forward, if someone is on a pro side or a Joe side, this is Friday, should that affect the way or when they bet the game going into Sunday? If someone is on a Joe side or a pro side, really, the pros and the pros is what's already happened. All right. The Joes, you know where the money's going to come at public books on Sunday. So if you like some of these joke sides and you're betting uh, books that cater to recreational bettors, yeah, you probably want to get down sooner rather than later. There are two legit sharp square divide games this week. Legitimate. The pros have taken the Redskins plus the points. The Joes are going to be on the 49ers minus. That's a very clear uh, split between those two. And there's another one that's like that. The pros have laid it with the Chicago Bears the Joes are riding the New Orleans Saints. So very clear dichotomy games. Pros like the Redskins and Bears. Joes like the 49ers and Saints. There are two games that the pros and Joes are both lining up on. And these games, Ralph, you want to bet sooner rather than later if you haven't done so already. The Jaguars and the Ravens. Of course, Jacksonville's already been bet up to four and a half. And uh, Baltimore's already been bet down to three. But those are sides that the pros and the Joes are agreeing on Wise guys, the bookmakers, I should say, will be sweating both of those contests. There hasn't been any buyback on the Bengals or on the Seahawks just yet. In addition, 
We've seen pro support for the Vikings and the Raiders. We've seen Joe support for uh, the Rams and the Patriots. Of course, there's going to be Patriots uh, support. We'll talk about that on Monday. Ralph Michaels, you're going to be on In Game Live tonight. Talk about it real quick. Hey, uh, 10 to midnight Eastern or 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Great show. Just chatting about the live games. It's a blast. Don't miss it. We'll be right here on the Sports Grid TV Network. I was on last night. Ralph will be on tonight. And we'll be back on Monday with a loaded opening line report for the NFL. Stay tuned. Good luck this weekend. Enjoy the games.